Film is a visual medium, but when you're picking locations, you always have to think of sound. Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Motorcycles and mindfulness? Location scouts and lesbian bars. I can't wait to find out more about the things that fascinate filmmaker and location guru, Chris Votor. Chris is a Directors Guild of Canada location scout and manager with an impressive 41 IMDb credits. She produced the CBC short documentary, The Pilgrimage, about a two-day women-only mindful motorcycle quest and just recently received Canada Council funding to research a new documentary on The Robin's Nest, a beloved Cambridge, Ontario lesbian bar that flourished for over 30 years. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Joyce. Scene one. What quality should a newbie filmmaker look for when they're looking for a potential locations person? If you're making films for yourself as an independent filmmaker, chances are you don't have that much money and you're going to look to your friends and family first for those locations. Outside of that, you want to incorporate the skills of a scout, which is part investigator, part private eye, and part bloodhound networking person, because you may need a field if you're shooting a, a Western and there's a field out there that you just love. Well, who owns the field? Well, as a scout, the first thing you do is just try and find the closest house near the field and ask that person and they'll tell you who the next person is and the next person, the next person. It takes probably at least five or six different phone calls to get to the person who owns a thing that's out there in the world if it's not obvious. Scouting is the one thing that you want in your location manager, the locations person that is going to help you find your locations to begin with. After that, then you have to manage them and you have to build relationships with whoever's house you're filming at or business you're filming at and then bring in their neighbors and permit all of that and make sure that the city knows what you're doing and that all of the people who are around your filming location are aware of what you're doing. So there's a lot of communications work that goes into being a location manager and a scout. What should filmmakers be looking for in a location? You want to look for a location that is going to be manageable for sound. You want to pick something that isn't beside a construction zone. You want to pick something that isn't on, if you're doing exteriors, it's not going to be on a busy street. Film is a visual medium, but when you're picking locations, you always have to think of sound. The next thing is to make sure that you're allowed to be wherever you're filming. You don't film on a railway track. You don't film on, you know, a busy highway with a crew that, you know, that nobody knows that you're there and that, you know, or, or at night. Wherever you're filming, you have to make sure that you have permission and that you have the proper contracts and insurance and liability to film there. Okay, now this one gets personal for me because I hate last-minute panic attacks. But mm -hmm. at what point in pre-production should a filmmaker have their location locked? 
Well, we like to lock them weeks in advance. And the common misconception is that locations doesn't have their locations locked until it's very late. However, that's not always true. Usually what happens is things change. The script changes. Actors change their dates, their schedules change. And so a lot of times we'll have a location, everybody will agree upon it. And if some other part of the filming changes, then we lose our location. And if we lose our location, we have to start all over again. And so that's, that's one of the, the main things of this massive ship that is a, a film shoot is that one department could change one thing and it affects every other department. And especially in locations because we're the one department that deals with the outside world. Other departments within our world can change and kind of, you know, move and groove, but we're dealing with the outside world. We're dealing with municipalities and permits and parking and dates and the bureaucracy that we have to go through and the amount of time it takes to change things like that is really difficult. It's, it's a really, really hard thing to manage the outside world. Or if we lock something, you know, and the person is like, well, I'm going to Mexico the next week, so you can't come the next week. So we try to find things as early as we can, knowing that everything's going to change in the script or with the actors or with other parts of production and have things in our back pocket. But it doesn't always work out that, you know, we, we have everything locked in the time that we'd like to. Are there any unexpected pitfalls? Like, have you ever had a disaster nightmare? Oh, yes, many. I mean, one of the biggest skills of a, a good location manager is to always see where the disaster is going to be. So <laughs> you're always <laughs> thinking ahead and you're imagining, okay, you know, the owner of this house told me that their neighbor is, is a bit of a cheeky type person. And so I'm like, okay, that person is probably going to come out with their lawnmower when we're filming because they either A, just want to disrupt the location, they don't like their neighbor, or they want money. And so you want to always do a lot of reconnaissance, right? Know not just the location that you're filming at, but everything around you, you know, try to solve those problems before they happen. So for me, if I know I've got a nosy neighbor, I go right to the source, right up front. I make them a part of the filming so that they don't feel that they're on the outside. We give them some money for their inconvenience, for their parking or whatever it is. And I think that's one of the best things you can do um, is to incorporate the neighborhood or incorporate the businesses and make sure that they feel they're a part of it so they're not against you. Scene two. So how did you get the idea for the pilgrimage motorcycle quest in the first place? So the pilgrimage was an event that I was organizing for women to have a spiritually led motorcycle quest. And it was two days and I led them to four places of beauty where they had to get off their motorcycles. And this was done intentionally because what I was starting to see in the motorcycling community with women is that they were following what men do and men do different things. And I was like, wait, we're already motorcycling. We're already a bunch of women. 
why don't we stop and get off our motorcycles and go into nature and be in that space asking ourselves what we want to invite in, what we want to let go, and what we're manifesting for the future. And so I asked my friend Lori uh, Lazinski, who is an independent film producer who wanted to start directing if she would do this as her directorial debut. And that's basically what happened. Um, I organized the event and Laurie and I produced it together and it's on CBC Gem and you can watch it's a 13 minute short. Was this your start in filmmaking too? As a filmmaker? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's funny. I, I, I still struggle to like think of myself as a, as a producer considering I've been working in the film industry for so long as a locations person crossing over into making your own stuff is not that easy because you're known as a locations person. You're a crew member in the film industry. But when you start making your own stuff as a producer or a director or a writer, it's quite a leap. It's, it's a massive leap and it's a totally different world. So yeah, that, that was my first foray into like making something for, for myself. Tail Slate. Well, we're out of time now, so I just have to thank you for an amazingly informative interview. Thank you so, so much, and good luck with your new life. Thank you, Joyce. You can find links to Chris, the Pilgrimage, and the Robin's Nest Facebook page in the show notes. And you can help promote the talented filmmakers we feature by liking, subscribing, or five-star rating us so others can find their interviews more easily. That's it for now. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. <laughs>